For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, What the Rabbis Teach About the Messiah and the New Testament Application. This is part one of the series. In the book, The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klosner, on pages 7 and 8, he writes regarding the concept of the Messiah, and the word Messiah in Hebrew means anointed. The Hebrew word Mashiach means anointed, and the implication is to be anointed with oil. In the Holy Scriptures, kings, Israelite, and foreign and high priests are described by this word for all of these were anointed with oil. Saul the first Israelite king is already called the Lord's anointed. 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 6. But the foreign king Cyrus the Persian is also so called by this term. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 1. Likewise the high priest is called the anointed priest. Leviticus chapter 4 verse 3 and Leviticus chapter 5 verse 16. But other men also among the greatest and most renowned in Israel of whom we do not ever hear that they were actually anointed are called by this name. In the verse touch not mine anointed it occurs twice in Psalm 105 verse 15 and in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 22. The word anointed signifies the patriarchs. In other places Psalm 89 and verse 38 and Psalm 89 verse 51 and also Psalm 84 verse 9 this word designates the whole people Israel. From these examples we see that the word Mashiach which was originally only another term for anointed with oil gradually became a title of honor signifying somebody who was chosen because the act of anointing with oil was a sign of choice and elevation. So the coming of the Messiah represents someone who is anointed with oil, which symbolizes anointed to accomplish a task or a purpose, and he is Yahweh's chosen for this role. There are many in the scriptures who are type in a shadow of the Messiah. One of those who's a type in a shadow of the Messiah is Moses. Once again, from the book, The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner on page 17, he writes, 
the authors of the Talmud and Midrash, with their fine national feeling, perceived the relation and connection between the messianic expectation and the exodus from Egypt, between the Messiah and Moses. They named Moses the first redeemer, in contrast to the Messiah, who was given the title of the last Redeemer. They compare Moses to the Messiah in various phraseology. For example, just as Moses brought redemption to his people, so also will Messiah bring redemption. Just as Moses was brought up in the house of Pharaoh among the enemies of his people, so also will Messiah, according to the rabbis, dwell in the city of Rome among the destroyers of his land. Just as Moses, after revealing himself to his brethren in Egypt and announcing to them that deliverance was near was forced to go into hiding for a time, so also will Messiah be forced to hide himself after the first revelations. Just as Moses crossed from Midian to Egypt riding on a donkey, Exodus chapter 4 verse 20, so also will Messiah come riding on a donkey. Just as Moses caused manna to rain from the sky, we're now reading from page 18 of the book, so will Messiah bring forth different types of food in a miraculous way. And just as Moses gave to the children of Israel wells and springs of water in the wilderness, so also will Messiah make streams of water flow in the desert. Not only this, but the acceptance of suffering because of the iniquity of others, which late Jewish legend attributes to the Messiah, is in the Talmud and is also attributed to our master Moses. This may be called suffering for atonement. Christian scholars call it vicarious suffering and in Christianity this idea has become an important article of faith. So it's very important for us to realize that Messiah is likened unto Moses. Therefore, when we see and identify who the Messiah is, he must be likened unto Moses and be greater than Moses. What is the New Testament application of Moses being a type of Yeshua? John in chapter 6 is devoted to making the comparison of Moses to Yeshua the Messiah in the parallel connection that what Moses did, Yeshua is doing in John in chapter 6. Let's look at these parallels in this connection. To begin with, historically, Moses performed signs and miracles of Yahweh on behalf of the children of Israel. Yeshua Yeshua, in his ministry, and in John chapter 6, performed signs and miracles of Yahweh on behalf of the nation of Israel. In Psalm 105, verse 37, we're told regarding Moses, when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt and through the wilderness, that the sick among the people of the children of Israel were healed. In John chapter 6, verse 2, Yeshua is healing the sick. Moses, historically, did miracles in the sight of the people in the wilderness. We're told about these in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 32 through 34. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 18 and 19. There are many other examples. And also Psalm 78. Yeshua in John chapter 6 verses 5 through 13 does a miracle feeding of the people with five loaves and two fishes. In Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 through 18 Acts chapter 3 verses 18 through 22 which is a quote of Deuteronomy 18. Moses speaks about the prophet of 
of God. John chapter 6 verse 14, it mentions the prophet of the God of Israel. Historically, when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness, in Exodus chapter 14 verses 13 through 16, verses 21 and 22, verses 26 through 29, Moses shows dominion over the sea. Yahweh used him to part the Red Sea. In John chapter 6 verses 16 through 19, Yeshua shows dominion over the sea by walking on the water. What's the spiritual message and application of showing dominion over the sea? In the scripture, the sea is seen as the dominion of Hasatan or Satan. In Ezekiel chapter 29 verses 2 and 3, we are told about Pharaoh and he's associated with the waters, the waters of Egypt. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9, we're told about the dragon sends water, but the earth swallows up the flood and the water. Ezekiel chapter 32 verse 2, Isaiah 27 1, Psalm 74 verses 12 through 14 likens Pharaoh and his army drowning in the sea to a figure known as Leviathan. And Pharaoh and him drowning Drowning in the sea and the defeat of Pharaoh is also connected to Leviathan, which has its association ultimately to the false Messiah. Other scripture references is Revelation chapter 19 verses 17 through 21, Job chapter 41 verses 1 and 4 and verses 15 through 34 talks about Leviathan and the people making a covenant with Leviathan. Ezekiel 28 verses 13 through 19, Isaiah chapter chapter 14 verses 12 through 15 and then we're told about a beast that's rising up out of the sea in Revelation chapter 13 verse 1. So by showing dominion over the sea it is personifying showing dominion over the kingdom of darkness and Hasatan. Yahweh gave man dominion over the sea when he was created in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and verse 28. Moses is the sent one of Yahweh. Exodus Exodus chapter 3 verses 11 through 15, Exodus chapter 4 verse 28, chapter 5 verse 22, and Exodus chapter 7 verses 14 through 16. In John chapter 6 verses 29, 38, 39, 40, 44, and 57, Yeshua is the sent one of his father. Historically with Moses, Moses was used by Yahweh in the miracle feeding of the people in the wilderness where Yahweh fed his people with manna. Manna is the bread that was sent from heaven. We are told about this in Exodus chapter 6 verse 4 verses 12 through 16 and verse 31. Also Psalm 105 verses 23 through 27 verse 40. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 9 verse 15 and verse 20. And there's a reference to identifying with this event as believers in Yeshua. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 through 4. Yeshua refers to himself as the bread that was sent from heaven. John chapter 6 verses 32 through 35 verses 47 through 51, and then specifically John chapter 6, verses 33, 51, and verse 58. Manna, which is the food that the children of Israel were fed with in the wilderness, is a type of Yeshua. We are told in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, and Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, that manna was given by the God of Israel to his people to test to see what was in their hearts, to see whether they would believe 
therefore, and likewise, in John chapter 6, verses 29, 35, 40, and 47, Yeshua instructed the people, he's the sent one, the, the bread that came down from heaven, to believe on him. Manna is the Strong's number 4478. Manna in Hebrew means what is it? And in John chapter 6, verses 24, 28, 30, and 32, Yeshua is questioned about who he is. Continuing on and relating the concept that manna or bread is a type of the word of Yahweh or a type of the Torah. Once again, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, Yahweh said that man shall live by every word that proceed from his mouth. In Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, Yeshua told us that that bread is a type of the word of God, which man is to live by and to partake of daily. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 10 through 14, the Torah or the commandment are called the word of Yahweh. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 10, he said, keep my commandments or my Torah. And in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14, the commandments or the Torah is called his word. So the commandments and the Torah and the word are all synonymous terms. And so being fed with manna is being fed with the commandments, the Torah, the word, Yeshua is the living bread. It refers to ultimately Yeshua and believing on him. Revelation chapter 2 verse 17, believers in Yeshua overcome and when they do, they are given the hidden manna. That is the, the hidden truth of the word of Yahweh and the meaty things of Yeshua and the understanding of him. Continuing on and understanding that Moses is a type of Yeshua and how the New Testament makes this parallel and connection as it relates and is associated with rabbinic expectation. Yeshua's body, which he likened to bread or flesh, is a type of the word of Yahweh or the Torah or the gospel. In John chapter 6, verses 33, verses 57 and 58, and verses 63 and 64, Yeshua likened to the bread and the manna and the miracle feeding and he connects it to his body, which you're supposed to eat or partake of, meaning you eat or partake of the Torah or the gospel. In Exodus chapter 16, verses 8 and 12, the children of Israel ate flesh along with the manna. Flesh is the Strong's number 1320. It's the Hebrew word basar, and basar means flesh. It can refer and mean a body of a person. So therefore, when you eat the basar, you're eating the good news you're eating flesh spiritually. Exodus chapter 16 verses 8 and 12, the word flesh is linked with a body as we can make the connection to Genesis chapter 2 verses 21 and 23 where the word appears there and relate that to John chapter 6 verses 51 through 56 and verse 63. So Yeshua is the living word of Yahweh or he is the living Torah. In John chapter 6 verses 55 and 56, we can associate this to John 15 verse 7 and John chapter 12 verses 46 to 50 and we will have this connection or this association that Yeshua refers to his flesh which he calls true food which is associated with abiding in him or abiding in the word of Yahweh or the Torah. Flesh is the Strong's number 1320 it's the Hebrew word basar which is associated with the Strong's number 1319 
which is also Basar. And the definition of the Strong's number 1319, Basar, is to be fresh, to announce good news, to be a messenger, or to preach. And so, therefore, in Exodus chapter 16, verses 8 and 12, flesh, Basar, was to be eaten in the wilderness. And so, that is why in John chapter 6, Yeshua is referring to eating of his flesh. He's speaking about believing on him. He's speaking about following the Torah. And so we can see this connection of Basar being linked to the good news in the gospel. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 9, Isaiah 52 verse 7, Isaiah 61 1. And these verses are associated in the New Testament with Luke chapter 4 verses 1 through 4, 14 through 17 verse 21, and Hebrews chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 and verse 12. You can see by just making this association that Moses is a type of Yeshua in making the connection or we can do quite of an in-depth study just on that concept and that principle. So in making the association that from John chapter 6 which is comparing to the historical Egyptian exodus and the events of the wilderness and Moses leading the children of Israel in John chapter 6 Yeshua's flesh or body which is likened to a type of the word of Yahweh or the Torah and this is related to the Passover lamb which was to be eaten in Exodus chapter 12 verses 3, 6 and 8 and Yeshua is our Passover lamb John chapter 1 verse 29 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 so once again the principle that Yeshua is speaking of at the sowed or the spiritual meaning is his body which is a type of bread or manna which is a type of the word of Yahweh or the gospel must be eaten or believed in order to have everlasting or eternal life John chapter 6 verse 31 verse 33 verses 55 through 58 and 63 and 64 and this bread of life Yeshua the word of Yahweh the Torah or the gospel must be eaten on a daily basis even as the children of Israel ate of the manna each day Exodus chapter 16 verse 4 verse 15 verse 19 and verse 21 we can see this association to Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 11 so in Hebraic thought we have the connection and association of these words and these concepts. Yeshua spoke about his body, which he likened unto himself as bread that came down from heaven, which is associated with manna, which is associated bread and manna is associated to the Torah and following the Torah and the word of Yahweh and by following the Torah and eating of bread on a daily basis you're believing the gospel and by believing the gospel, believing in Yeshua you are embracing and engaging in Torah life. And so we have the connection of all of these thoughts and all of these principles. Continuing on regarding the rabbi's expectations of the Messiah. The Messiah is also seen as a type of a judge, savior, and king. From page 19 of the book, The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner, he writes, Now when the cry of the oppressed people would ascend to heaven, the Lord would raise up a savior for the children of Israel. Thus relate and is the major theme of the book of Judges. The judges can be viewed or thought of 
as political saviors. They saved the people from the physical enemies of the children of Israel. These saviors had the political characteristics of Moses. Samuel was the last judge. He also had the spiritual characteristic of Moses. The first Israelite king Saul, the son of Kish, lacked the spiritual characteristic of a Messiah. The true prototype of the Messiah was the second Israelite king who is David, the son of Jesse. The New Testament or the Brit Hadashah application is that Yeshua is our judge. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. I charge you therefore before Elohim and Yahweh, Yeshua HaMashiach, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Yeshua is not only our judge, but he is our savior. Acts chapter 5 verses 30 and 31 it is written, The God of our fathers raised up Yeshua whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. In Titus chapter 2 verse 13 it is written, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our savior Yeshua HaMashiach. David is a type of King Messiah. Once again from the book The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner and Joseph Klausner was a Jew who lived in Israel and was a professor at the Hebrew University. On page 20 of his book he writes that the spiritual characteristics of King Messiah is best represented in David who is regarded as the ideal king of the nation of Israel. On page 21 Klausner writes that the term son of David because David is the ideal king is a title for King Messiah. He writes, not only did the name son of David become a standing title of the King Messiah but the prophet Hosea relates and connects this concerning the Messianic era when King Messiah rules and reigns. It says in Hosea chapter 3 verse 5, afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. So the Messiah is likened unto David and is titled after the term David or son of David. We can see in the Brit Hadashah or the renewed covenant that Yeshua is referred to by this title, the son of David. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, it is written, the book of the generations of Yeshua HaMashiach, the son of David. That statement by itself is claiming that he is the Messiah. Matthew chapter 21 verse 9, verse 15 and verse 35 also uses the term son of David, messianic titles, as it is written. And the multitudes that went before in that Followed, cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of Yahweh. Hosanna in the highest. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. Now with your Hebraic background and knowing the expectations of the Messiah by the rabbis and the term son of David is a term for the Messiah, now you understand when the people said, Hosanna to the son of David, 
David and they didn't accept him as Messiah, that is why they were sore displeased. So Mark chapter 12, verse 35, it is written, Yeshua answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how or why do the scribes say that Messiah is the son of David? Why do they say that the Messiah has the title son of David? Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 says, and when Yeshua departed there, two blind men followed him crying and saying, son of David, have mercy upon us. They were proclaiming and referring to him as the Messiah. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 and 22, then Yeshua went there and departed in the coast of Tyre and Sidon. A woman came and cried on him saying, thou son of David. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, what the rabbis teach about the Messiah and the New Testament application. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.